Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 318. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Anyhow, I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football for the next little while. We've already had some hiccups with blog talk, and we've been scrambling around for the last 15 minutes to try to get the show on the air for you. Uh, so far, we believe we're successful, and hopefully you are hearing me and I'm just not talking to the wind. Um, but I haven't seen any messages on Facebook from the guys saying that, uh, yes, uh, I'm just dead air or whatever else. So we're going to assume that we're going to keep going. And I have a rant today. Oh, it's pissing me off. Okay. Like seriously, the word is loyalty. Okay. Now I've talked about this before. There is no loyalty in football except for one. I'll get to that. Players are not loyal to the team. It's free agency is a scramble, crapshoot. The, the first hint of anything, they're down to the NFL if they can. I don't blame them. Trust me, I don't blame them. I don't blame them in free agency. Some other team's going to pay you a lot more money or going to give you more playing time or what bigger bonuses, whatever. I, I, I don't blame them. But there's no, no loyalty. There's very, very little loyalty to the team. There are players like Travis Lule who said, you know, if I can't play for BC, I'm not going to play. I'm going to retire. And so be it. And that's, uh, that's up to him. And, uh, and, and good on him. So there is loyalty to a point. There is very little loyalty for a team to the players. Uh, you know, they'll drop you. The, you know, it's just, it's just that simple. I mean, we're going to talk about that later on with Solomon Aluminium and the BC Lions. Um, no, he hasn't been released yet, but it's coming. We, we know it's coming. We've, I've known about it for a year, so it's not a surprise to me, nor am I upset about it. And we're just absolutely no loyalty. But my, the only loyalty, the true loyalty in this um, game is the fans to the team. Okay? The fans to the team. Not the fans to the players. Because players come and go. Coaches come and go. Managers come and go. Shit, owners come and go. The only constant in this entire relationship is the fan loyalty to the team. I've been going to football games since 1971. I was nine years old. 1971, that's 48 years I've been going to see football games. Okay? I'm loyal to the team. When I go and buy a jersey, I'm buying the team jersey. There's nobody's name on the back. I couldn't give a shit. You know, it's, yeah, you, you're going off and you're buying a Travis Lule jersey or a Solly jersey or Adam Big. Oh, Adam's not on the lines anymore, by the way. There's no loyalty there. There was no loyalty from the team to Adam or, or no money available. And, and Adam, he was happy over Winnipeg. So, so be it. There's no loyalty there. Okay? So you're buying a BC Lions jersey. If you put somebody's name on the back, oh, big deal. Okay? I guarantee you he's not going to be on that team in five years. Since 1971, there's not one player on that team that I'm still cheering for that was on that team in 1971 or 85 or 92 or 2002. They're gone. 
I don't have to be loyal to players. Players are gone. And you know what? I couldn't care less. I'm a fan of Mike Riley. I have always been a fan of Mike Riley. I don't care what team he's on. I'm a fan of Ricky Ray, and I'm a fan of Zach Caleros. I don't care what team they're on. Okay? I like the style of football that they play, and I follow them. Okay? I cheer for them, whatever. But BC Lions, you could wipe out 97% of the players and start over, and I couldn't give a shit. I seriously couldn't care less. I don't care if Mike Riley retires tomorrow. We'll get another quarterback. He won't be there in five years. So why am I hell-bent sad on, on Mike Riley? Ooh, I'm so excited. Well, I am excited because it is good potential for this year and maybe next and the year after. It's a three-year deal, four-year deal, anyhow, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited that we've got Mike Riley sewed up for that period of time. If he doesn't play football this year, I don't care. We'll have another quarterback. I'm a fan of the team. I will always be a fan of that team. And there's nothing that anybody can say, do, the team can do that I'm not going to be a fan of. That's why Baltimore Stallions still have fans in Baltimore for a team that doesn't exist for the last, what, 20 years, 30 years? Seriously, come on. We're fans of the team. So when I get stupid people, stupid fans of theirs, they're they're grossly underpaid. They they need we need to stick up for the players. Bullshit. We don't need to stick up for the players. We care about the players. Support your team. Wear your team colors. You don't wear your player colors. The colors players don't have colors. The team does. We support our team all the way. So why are you not supporting the team now in a labor dispute with a bunch of players that aren't going to be there in four years? I don't understand it. It absolutely this sounds when somebody says, yeah, I, I support the players. I, I think they're grossly underpaid. Bullshit. These guys are making $100. Guarantee you that most players on this team, even the ones in minimum wage, are making more money than you are. Think about that for a second. And they're only working three days a week, six months out of the year, three hours a day. Three hours a day, five days a week for six months out of the year. Yeah, they got to do tons of other stuff to stay in shape and everything else. I'm not taking that away from them. They got to do a whole pile of film work. They got to do, they get to put in way more time than three hours a day, but that's their choice. And I've done the choice thing before. And I'm not going to rant about players choosing to try to make themselves better or more valuable to the team because they do. I'm not denying that. But the loyalty should be to the team. You are a BC Lion fan or you're a Calgary Stampede fan or God forbid you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan. Okay? You're a fan of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You wear green. You don't wear Darian Durant's jersey because, hey, he's not even part of the team anymore. So why the hell would you have a Darian Durant jersey? Give your head a shake. You're supporting your team. So support your team in this labor negotiations and tell the players to get to work. They're the ones that are refusing to show up at training camp. It's not the teams that are not putting on a training camp. Whatever the hell happens here, support your team. I'm done with this. Okay, I'm going to open up the mics here and talk to these people. But, God, it pisses me off that people are so stupid that they forget where their loyalties are. Welcome to the program, Charles. Good evening. Thank you very much. I absolutely understand what you're saying. I mean... Players come and players go. I mean, 
that's pro sport for you. Uh, uh, pretty much any time you see a player who's with a team longer than three years nowadays, that's a bonus because it's very rare. Yep. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm, so yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong, I was a huge Solomon Aluminium fan for the entire time he was here. I've met him. He's an extremely nice guy. I mean, hell, he's the first defensive player ever in the Canadian Football League to win Most Outstanding Player. He's the first defensive player ever to do that. Outstanding. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He, no oh, I, that's what I was going to say. Uh, um, surefire Hall of Famer. But yeah, first there comes a the point when you've been with an organization for a long time, your time is up. The greatest players did not... Most, uh, not even ninety nine percent of the greatest players in our league do not play uh, for one team their entire um, career. Doug Flurry's played for multiple teams. Ricky Ray played for multiple teams. Uh, um, Dave Dickinson. All of the you look up and down. It's extremely rare for a top tier, even the top tier guys, to play with a team uh, for their entire career. It almost never happens. So this day was coming, and we knew this was coming. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, it's just—it's yep. like it's this loyalty thing, and it just—it just bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, I—I mm-hmm. I, I, I like Solomon Aluminium. He—he he did a wonderful job for the BC Lions, but next week he could be a, a Montreal Alouette. Yeah, I mean, do I all of a sudden hate him? No, I don't. I respect his ability to play football. You know, I'm not going to jump right. up and down when he comes on the field. And Solly's an awesome man. I've met him several times. He's a lot smaller than I thought he would be. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. It just happens. And you support your team. Charles, do you, ha- do you have a BC Lions jersey? I do. Does I it matter what name's on the back? I do not have a name on the back. It's just a blank jersey. I don't even have numbers on it. Rest now, granted, granted, I mean, I, it's relatively new. I bought it at the end of last season, but I really have no plans to put numbers on it. You keep the jersey itself, then it doesn't matter if the guy leaves the team. The jersey's still good, even though it's last year's yeah. jerseys, and they got new jerseys coming this year, but whatever. You know what I mean. Whatever happens. Shit happens. Yeah. I mean, I still think they... they Gunmetal black or gunmetal gray jersey was the best jersey in pro sports history ever. Hundred percent. And uh, I'll never forget the day back. when they unveiled those. Oh, it was a spectacular! It was just I a remember total the, They came out because they wore their nor, their normal uniforms during warm up, and then during the yeah. player announcements, they came out wearing them, and the crowd just came unglued. Yeah, I know. I had to buy one right away. Yeah, I had to. Okay. Anyhow. That's it. I'm loyal to my team. I bought the jersey. I didn't buy a player. I'm not going to rent a player. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm a BC Lions fan. Sorry. 100%. Let's go over somebody else here that's a little bit uh, passionate about this. Will. Talk to me, Will. Are you a Calgary Stampeder fan? Or are you supporting the players? Or are you a fan of the players? I, I, I like the players. No doubt about it. I like the players. Yeah. But, but, and, and you know what? It seems in the last two or three years I've discovered this 
for some reason I didn't realize it before. Players come and go, and they get replaced with players that are maybe not the same, but better in their own way, right? And so, yeah, maybe I, guess you're, I guess you're 100% right. We do, we do support our teams, and that's the only loyalty in the CFL, fans to the team. That's it. There's no loyalty anywhere else. Teams, teams are loyalty to the fans. No, I don't believe that either. So, no. um, you know, I mean, uh, and, and, a, and a perfect example of that is I've uh, I've been getting phone calls from the Stampeders in the last couple of weeks. I guess they're having trouble selling tickets, so they've offered me two season tickets next to mine for half price. Hmm. And I'm like, what? So are you going to give me my other six tickets at half price? Well, no, you've already bought those. <sighs> okay. Um, so where, Where's the price you know, guarantee? Well, yeah. There is no price guarantee. Okay. So I'm a little no perturbed kidding. by that. But it's not my money, so I don't really care. Um, I, I, still, I think if you bought it on Visa, doesn't Visa offer a price guarantee? <laughs> yeah, sure. And 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 I said to the guy, how how do you reduce the tickets by half price? He says, well, we have kids' prices. And I said, what what do you mean you have kids' prices? Well, we have kids' prices. And I said, so wait a minute. I said I've had six season tickets for. 30 years and we often bring kids to the game and you're telling me for the last 30 years I could have got a better price? Well, yeah, we can talk about that next year. And I'm like, what? Really? So Funny how they brought didn't bring this up before now. Of course not. Of course not. But, yeah. well, you know, it's, it put a Sour taste in my mouth, but I still will support them. The team has no loyalty to you because if they did, they would have matched that price. Right. Okay? You just just proved my point again. Okay? Thank you, Will. Mark, welcome to the show. Loving this uh, rant. That's a good one. Am I wrong? No, no. Say say something that that, that I'm off base. I'm a fucking idiot or something. Because please, because I want to know. Because I I 100% believe in this. No, what I would add to it is you can be loyal to the player and the team at the same time. Yeah, the player moves on. No, you can like the player. But while the player is in your team's uniform, you're not loyal to them. There's no loyalty to them. You love the player. I support the player. I follow the player. I think he's awesome. I, I absolutely love – I mean, Travis Lule was, was, was a great quarterback, in my opinion. I, I was truly mesmerized by his ability to move the ball, okay? But I'm not loyal to him because I'm now loyal – I'm now supporting Mike Riley, and I would have supported Mike Riley over Travis Lule. Mm-hmm. No, so, I get to what you're saying. Then, then I'm, I'm not loyal to him. And it's the same thing right now. You are a fan of Adam Big Hill, but the next great linebacker that comes in, and you just—it's just going to go over top of them. Yeah, maybe because Adam's hard to beat, but you know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, oh yeah, but I look at a case like Buck Pierce when he went back to BC for that last year. And when he came out on the field in Winnipeg and he got a standing ovation in a BC Lion uniform. There yeah, was like thirty thousand people. Because the fans love yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not loyal. You know what I mean? Yeah. They love the the person. They love the player. But there's no loyalty to the player. It's there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And I couldn't. As a bomber fan, I couldn't possibly be loyal to the players only. There's no way. At 28 and counting, um, there's no way I could be loyal to some of the players we had here. It is to the team. Oh. Like, I'm going to be loyal to Kerwin Bell. Uh, no. no. 28 years and counting. Might as well call it 30. Nope. <laughs> You're going to earn those 30 years, aren't you? Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Anybody else want to add anything to my rant here? I'm feeling very passionate about it tonight. You know, one of the other things I was going to say where people say we should support the players and they don't make enough money and blah, 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 blah. Okay, I hate that. I really do because, yes, they have to do lots of things outside of their mandatory three hours. Okay? But... I relate everything to normal life and I work for a company and I have a contract with my company and when we're not busy, sometimes I do only work four hours a day, but when we are busy, I work 16 hours a day. So I I, I don't, it's part of your job. And let me tell you, if someone is going to pay me to watch football clips and work out and go to practice for three hours a day, I'm going to be there with bells on every freaking morning, okay? Because I don't consider that work. That's just that's just my opinion. Okay. I, I, there's 120 professional football leagues in the world. There's more than 120 professional football leagues in the world. I want you guys to know this right now. The CFL is the second highest paying league in the world. Okay? There are 118 leagues that pay less money, and they have players in them. What does that tell you? What's the, mm-hmm. what, exactly. There are people who will play football for this league for less money that, that, than they are being currently paid for here. And we've proved that time and time again. So players, walk out. You will be replaced. It might take I mean, a year, two, or five to get back up into the same caliber of football. But guaranteeing you, I will guarantee you, if the CFL fires all of these players and goes and hires replacement players, these guys will be banging on the door so fast to get their jobs back. So fast. Because there's no place for them to go. Nowhere. Oh, Jesus. They play football here or they don't play football. Or they go to some team that's giving them $400 a game. 
God, this this entire labor negotiation just pisses me off. And and people are so clueless about it. Well, to give you an example, because I just read this right now, and I'm like, this is the perfect example of what we are talking about. I'm on Twitter right now, and Rick Dollywall is commenting on Solomon Aluminium. First of all, he's saying there are better ways to treat a player that gave so much on and off the field. And then some guy down below says, this is the shit that needs to be fixed in the new CBA. What? A player can't be... You're not allowed to cut players now if you feel that you can use your resources somewhere else? Do you want to know? Do you uh, want to know why Solomon Aluminium? We're going to go right into Solomon Aluminium being yeah. cut, and he's just been cut. And I'm going to—we're going to talk about it, and then I'm going to tell you why Solomon Aluminium got cut. Because I know why, or I—I I, I suspect really strongly. So, what are your thoughts, Charles? You upset about this? I'm sad to see him go because he's been such a big part of this football team for so many years. He's been uh, he's really been the heart and soul of the defense. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, he's the first defensive player in history to win the league's most outstanding player awards. He is always when he was healthy, he was always near the top of the league in tackles. Now, the words I said earlier were key. When he is healthy, this is a player who's now 32 years old and has had uh, some injury issues in the last few seasons. In fact, uh, I, think, I, don't, I don't think he's played a full season in like three or four years. He's missed games with injuries. So when you think about it, the guy is now starting to become chronically injured. He's 32 years old. You're getting to the point where the Lions have got to say he's been a great player for us, but can these resources be better used elsewhere? And I think uh, it came to that time. Like I said, there's every player, uh, or almost every player, every top-level player moves on from time to time. Hell, we saw the same reaction when G-Roy left. We saw the same reaction when Adam Big Hill left. It's Time you've got a brand new things are brand new. People got to remember. People are still thinking about the BC Lions in a large way. They're still thinking about the BC Lions as Wally Buono's team. It's not Wally Buono's team anymore. Wally Buono is gone. Wally Buono is not coming back. This is the team of Ed Hervey and Devon Claybrooks. And you got to remember too, Devon Claybrooks is a defense first guy. He's made his name for himself coaching. With defense, I think a UFO is landing. Um, but anyways, um, it, it he would be drooling like at the opportunity time. to have Solomon on his team. Pardon right? me. I would think Devon Brooks would be drooling at the opportunity to have Solly on his team. You would so probably for him, them to release him, something, something had to happen. There's obvious, obviously a reason. So. I'm sorry to let him go. Uh, sorry to see him go. I was a huge fan of him while he was here, but uh, you know what? It happened, and um, I wish him well. But you know what? It's a new day, and it's time to move on. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, now let me just make a point here. Solly has not been released by the BC Lions. There's a report out there by Dave Naylor that says that he will be released. We're making a lot of assumptions that Dave Naylor is correct. Yes. And God knows that may not be true. So let's just keep going. Uh, Mark. Uh, to that point, Christopher, um, the CFL has even reported it now. It's on the CFL oh, website. It's on the C- so. Yeah, it says, will be released. Yeah. So you have to yeah, As will. per David Naylor. Right? And it does not mean that it is. Yeah. But, and as Charles said, he's older. And I think you're going to probably say it too. Two years, three years, he hasn't really played much at all. He's been injured the whole time. It's it's time. I equate it to Maurice Leggett being released in Winnipeg. It's time. Eventually, every player, like we were just saying, it, they leave. And it's his time. They have to get younger. And healthier. He's been great. And faster. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd question this speed too much yet, but you will. Well, younger, faster, cheaper. And they need cheaper because of Mike Riley and Deron Carter and everybody else they signed. They signed some big contracts. I I don't know if Deron Carter was a lot of money. I'd say it's probably 140 minimum. You add that on to Riley. Yeah, yeah. Add that on to Soup Chung. You know, the 200000 to Brian Burns. Yeah. And Soup Chung probably got one. What did he get? 160 I mean, BC added some amazingly great pieces to the puzzle. And they, they, and they, they came with price tag. But, yeah, no, you know, it, it probably will come down to the injuries and the age. It's, it's time to move on. Yeah. I'm not having a problem with this at all. It's Herbie's way. Well, it's Wally's way. Yeah. Right? It's all the same. It's, it's all, oh, yeah, I mean, and, and it goes back to the concept of loyalty, that where, where the loyalty where Solomon had loyalty to the BC Lions, the fact that he came back after the NFL, came back to play for Wally, said he only wanted to play for Wally, you know, on and on and on. That loyalty reverse is not there anymore. Wally's not there to, you know, yeah. reciprocate. This is Ed Herbie's team. You're gone. William. Make it all this noise there. Come on in. Yes, I am. Sorry, I'm in my car. I'm trying not to make noise, but... Um, you know what? Solly's... He's got to be one of the top defensive players in all-time CFL history. He's the only guy who won me. the... He's the only guy who ever won the MVP of the league as a defensive player. Um, He's not the first superstar who's gotten cut from the CFL. He won't be the last superstar. Um, You talk about G. Roy Simon and loyalty. Well, he went to Saskatchewan when they got rid of him, okay? But then he came back to BC. So, So there's no loyalty. It's all about it's all about the money. 
whoever's going to pay me, that's who I'm going to be loyal to. And Solly, great player, but eventually great players all leave. And we can name off 45 right now if we want to. Okay? I, I, I yeah. really wish... I really wish guys like Milt Stiegel could play at 50 or 60 years old, but they can't. It's that simple. No. You know? So, and, and it, it comes a time, and there's no, there's no nice way of getting rid of these guys. Let's face it. You got to do what you got to do. And, you know, he can be part of the BC, and he will be part of the BC Lions alumni forever. And that's yep. about all you can do. And he will you go know, on the Wall of Fame at, at BC Place Stadium. I have no doubt in my mind. Absolutely, he'll also whether he puts on he another jersey, it doesn't matter. If he doesn't, if he doesn't find another place to play, he will also be a first uh, Hall of Fame ballot guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so hey, that's pretty good for a guy. But now, sorry, reality hits, and you're not as strong as you were. You're not as fast as you are you're not as you're you're beat up and it's time okay but i still you i guys still want to know my, my team, theory but i still think there's another team out there that'll take them for a year or two. Oh, i think so too and they'd be fools not to yeah it just depends on whether or not bc wanted solly whether or not solly's actually healed from his wrist injury he had a wrist injury in the in the first four games first the fourth game of the season that took him out for the rest of the season and the playoffs. Okay. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Anyhow, uh, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Okay. BC Lions spent a ton of money on some players. We've already established that 700,000 on Mike Riley, a couple hundred thousand on Brian Burnham, uh, Sue Chung, uh, the Duran Carter, yeah, a lot of players, including Solomon Aluminium, okay? And this is anticipation of the salary cap going up to this level, new level, okay? I don't think it's going to go up that high now. I think the league, the team has turned around and they've got some leverage on the players, and they've turned around and said, no, we're not increasing the salary cap this much. And now all of a sudden the GMs are going to say, hey, we anticipated this, and we're not going to get it. So now, whoops, we better do something about it. And Solly was the biggest casualty because he's the least healthy. Also 32 years old and yada, yada, yada. What do you guys think of that? Mark, what do you think? Am I barking up the wrong tree with this one? Mark? Sorry, I had the light turned on. off. Yes. Um, it is possible. I don't see the salary cap not going up myself, but that is yeah, a but, theory. But that how much work. is it going up? Maybe it's not going well, up as much as what they were told originally. Maybe the teams mm-hmm. have started to reel back their proposals because the whatever, right? And they say, no, this is the line. We've now moved the line in the sand. That's what I think they've done. Yeah. They may have hit their spot where they're saying they're not going any lower. Or any higher, I mean. Higher, yeah. Yeah. They, they've they always had a line in the sand. I think they just moved it. And, and I mean, not advantageous what, to the players. Look what happens if you make the minimum salary $85,000 a season. Oops, 
sorry, that league doesn't exist anymore. It's nearly the AAF. But the thing is, uh, if that were the case, though, I would expect, and we might still see this, I would suspect that we'll see, if that's the case and it's not going to go up as high, I would suspect that Sully will not be the first surprising cut we see, or the last surprising cut we see. I think we could see, if that's the case, you're going to see other players on other teams getting cut the same way. So that's something to look for. And especially now because the the other players that were just cut are looking for jobs. Yeah. Does it also does it, does it have anything does it have anything to do with Solly uh being part of the PA? And he's I know. not quite vocal. No. You no. don't think so? No, no, no. Dunk kind of reported that he thinks that that's what it is. That's just I, no. It wasn't Justin Dunk. Dunk it, it was Edwards. Idiot. Sorry, it wasn't Dunk. Drew Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Oh, well, Drew well, Edwards. We know it. Okay. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. No, it, 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 he didn't get cut because he's on the CFLPA. That's ridiculous. Why would you do something so stupid as that to cut an all-star player? If, if, if Solly was 100% healthy and you had room on your salary cap and, and, and the life is the world is wonderful, what moron would cut that player because he's on a negotiating team? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, moron. The moron that would now be fired... Okay. No, that has nothing to do with this, and any any assumptions like that are just absolutely ridiculous. And he's just a it, it's clickbait. He's trying to put up the clicks on his new business, Three Down Nation, so he can get sponsors. Whenever I see an article and it says written by Drew Edwards, I quickly hit the X button. I don't care what he says. The guy to me is little to no credibility at all. Can't argue. Honestly, I don't Second care. Yeah. yeah. I don't so know. Where does, okay. I was going to say, now, now that he has, or assuming this report by Dave Naylor is right and he is released, where do we think he's going to end up? I have a theory myself where I think he's going to end up. Throw it out there. Ottawa. Okay. That would just be a guess. I think Ottawa because I think Ottawa lost a lot of key players in the offseason. They need some help there. Ottawa with and they have money. an outside chance. And they got money because a lot of their big ticket guys uh, jump ship. Yeah, they have cap room. And so Could I venture to could I venture to say that a 68-year-old Solomon Aluminium would be better than Sam Hurl? <laughs> I don't think you'd get an argument at, at all from anybody. Okay, you so... You could go to Calgary, too. No, but, but, but Wally, they don't find guys like that in Calgary. They just don't. I wish, you, but they don't. Yeah, it might be a stabilizing thing for them now because they got a lot of young kids now. 
Yeah, but I've heard all kinds of interviews, and they don't seem to be worried at all, which blows my mind. So, I mean, they've said they've said it's hard to win football games in the CFL, and this is just going to be another season where it's hard to win football games in the CFL. So, I, they they flat, I'm flabbergasted by them. So, whatever. Yeah. No, I think we're going to move on. And do we move on to a moment of silence here? Can you do that, Will? Yeah, we can do that for sure. Okay. And I'm um, looking to you guys. Good. I'm looking to you guys to fill me in on this because I, I, because if you're not a, if you're not a BC Lions fan, you probably have never heard of him. Oh, I don't know. I think most people in the CFL have heard of this guy. I and haven't. Charles, you haven't? Really? You've never heard of Cato? No. Okay. Nor have no. I. Um, really? Really? It, it, it actually, talk to Jared. Jared Jared was a water boy for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers early, early on when he was a wee boy. Yeah, I saw that. And it, I saw it, that. Was, it was Cato that actually uh, helped him out. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. Charles, you have any... Good at that one? Kashua? 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 Something like that. I don't know the exact name. Everyone always just called him Kato. We just called him Kato. And that had something to do with the little yellow vine from uh, Pink Panther. But uh, the man was a beast. He he was absolutely had a heart of gold. He would do he would go to the moon and back for the players for, for everybody. And uh, a lifelong um, BC Lions. I mean, I, I, how long has he been with them? Forty years. Yeah. Forty years ago, he he started as a volunteer water boy for the BC Lions. He started okay. with the Lions the year I was born. Believe it or not. Oh, he volunteered. He volunteered for the Lions for 13 years, and then he got a paid position in 1984. And he's been there ever since. Wow. That's 35 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I saw that there was a lot of uh, a lot of um, tributes pouring in for him, not just here in BC, but uh, many players who never played in BC but knew him uh, coming in over this past week. Uh, he was known right across the league, of course, being with the Lions for so long, and he had become a staple on the Lions since, like you said, since he. Joined the team back in what 1978, so he Something was known like that, right yeah. throughout the league. So fans and uh, uh, players, uh, both former Lions players, current Lions players, and players that didn't even play for the Lions, were all chiming in to uh, pay tribute to Cato. When you see a guy that was involved in the league for so long, like he was, it's just kind of hard to see once they leave us. 
And you're right. I did see the um I did see Jared uh who said he was a uh, ball boy for the uh, Bombers who uh had some very nice things to say about Cato from uh when he was a ball boy with the Bombers. So it's just sad because you you always saw him there like we I any time you went out to function cuz the Lions will sometimes have functions at their training facility office complex out in Surrey. He was always around there, and he was always a nice guy, always very approachable, always a good guy to talk to. Yeah, it's a, it's a really down, real downer because he's been such an integral part of the Lions organization for for such a long such a long time. It's just hard to see him gone now because uh, he he was one of those guys that was always there. Okay, I want to go back to my original rant today and said there's no loyalty in football. Mm-hmm. Cato was loyal to this team. Yep. Okay. Uh, th- th- there, there are exceptions to my rule. Okay. Are you deferring, Will and Mark? Yep. Okay. No, he would have to be I, very I'm, loyal to the team because it's not. I, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure equipment manager for the BC Lions doesn't pay that well, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't think he was definitely loyal. He was definitely loyal. No doubt about it. Yeah. The Lions organization had a big loss. And those are shoes that don't get filled easily. Um, Okay, let's move on. CFL players authorize strike code ninety seven percent. Morons. Um, yeah, no, it's a negotiating tool. It doesn't mean that they're gonna go on strike. It just means that they the CFLPA has a unified front or or the team is unified behind the, the bargaining team, negotiating team. So, um and it it's no different than any other union, any other labor negotiations and, and whatever else. Doesn't mean there's gonna be a strike. It just means that the 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 players union had to issue a strike notice so many hours, so many days, so many things prior to going on strike, which would be failing to show up at training camp, they had to appease all of the uh, labor regulations and laws in each of the provinces that has a football team. So all the main provinces. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. Um, all the big ones, anyhow. So that's basically why they did this. It, 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 I'm not worried about it. I'm not going, oh, my God, the sky is falling. There's going to be a strike. There's not going to be any football. The one thing that is going to guarantee me that I'm going to be watching football on, what is it, June 15th? Or whenever the first first regular season game is, is because of three little letters. T-S-N. Yep. There's no way that T-S-N is pumping $40 million into the CFL so that the Lee can go on strike, and TSN has to play crib or beach volleyball rewinds. Re, re, never mind. 
I, it just, just, it's not going to happen. TSN is going to broadcast football because we're going to be watching football. And if we have a shortened training camp because of that, big deal. But I will guarantee you TSN is not going to lose a penny of revenue. Because if they do, there's going to be hell to pay. Deal's going to get done, and the deal's going to get done fast. My opinion on it. Players authorized strike quote. William, does this bother you? You've got six season tickets to the Calgary Stampeders. Are you going to start have to ask for a refund because you you got to turn in these empty seats? Um, you know, I I still don't think it's going to happen. Number one, I have I if if it happens, the players' union is stupid. Sorry, did I say that out loud? They're stupid. Um, you know, you said it out loud once again. Once again, once again, let's let's talk about hypocritical. I'd love to know how many players, percentage-wise, have signed a contract for this season. And then they say, we're going on strike to support the union. To me, that's hypocritical. I'm sorry, you brought up. You brought up Bo Levi Mitchell last week. I'll bring up Mike Riley this week because he said he's going to not go to training camp. All right, you signed a contract. Big deal, okay? You're all hypocrites. Once again, it also goes back to loyalty. Everybody's loyal to the money. It's that simple, okay? It's to the money. But, but, but Will, these guys have all got contracts saying how much money they're going to get. So they've already got the money. That's correct. So, So it's... It's why would you, why would you validate word. a contract? Right. Makes no sense. I, I, and if and if and if there was really, really, really big support for the players' union, nobody would have signed a contract at free agency. Nobody. That's correct. That's correct. All right, and they all did. It was a frenzy. And I really do. If part of the one of the things in the agreement, I really hope. They say you cannot sign one-year contracts anymore, and then we won't have this merry-go-round of players on a regular basis. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, actually, I, I was thinking crap. the other day that an an entry-level contract into the CFL should be four years. You're allowed to renegotiate money. You know, you're not stuck at fifty-four thousand or whatever the minimum wage is for four years. You can add bonuses to it, but a player coming into the CFL, the first contract that they sign has to be for four years. Because if a team is going to invest money into them and get, they should be able to get the return. You know, it, it's a funny thing because I've been thinking about this, and and I'm happy that the Lions signed him because I don't think he's that great of a player. Lamar Durant is a perfect example, okay? He was the first pick in Calgary. He was here for four years. Three of those four years, he probably played a total of six games because he was always hurt. But they had to honor his contract. And then he has a breakout year last year, one of the few years where he's not injured, and he signs in free agency, 
And once again, the Stampeders get robbed because they developed them, they held on to them, and now he's gone. Yep. I, I, I agree. It, it's just, you know, it's the same. And Chris uh, Lutella has brought this up a couple of times. Brad Sinopoli is another perfect example. The Stamps developed him into a wide receiver. The first chance he got, he ran back to Ottawa. And he is a star. He's the, probably the top Canadian in the CFL now. So, you know, what can I say? But, yeah, you know, they can say they're going to go on strike. They're not going on strike. If they went on strike, they'd be insane. They'd be insane to go on strike. You could put an so ad if, in if, the paper. You could put an ad in the paper tomorrow, and you would have ten thousand guys trying to get jobs with the CFL teams. I guarantee it. Oh yeah. So if we all know that this is a ploy, that there's no teeth to this strike vote mandate that they have, it's it's not a leverage tool because if we all know this, so does the league. And they're just laughing at the players' union. Because I would be. I am. They had to say something. They, they, that was the best thing was, they could this, come up with. This vote was this largely the, symbolic. They, they've got very little leverage as is. This is trying to try and salvage whatever leverage... They have legitimate much. If they go into this and this vote had failed or just been a bare minimum majority, <laughs> they would have been screwed. Yeah, like I heard they were going to do this vote. I knew exactly that it was going to vote. Uh, it was going to be a huge number in favor. And why is it only 97%? I'd like to know who the 3% that voted no was. The 3% of the 54K guys. Yeah. They need that money. The guys that are like, we can't afford to go on strike, we'll lose our house. Yes. I mean, this is this is the big, this is the grown-ups version of, I'm taking my ball home. And so what you do when you're a kid is if, if Bobby took his ball home, you walk down the street to Johnny's house and get him to come out and play with his ball. You know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing. No, I agree, 100%. 100%. So, Mark, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, not a ton. Not a ton. Like you guys have said, it's it's a ploy. It's to satisfy provincial labor laws across the country for the different teams. It's just legalizing stuff. But, you know, you're right, Christopher, not about the guys that have already signed salaries. Andrew Harris, he's going to not report now, too. Um, yeah. he, he's he got a contract. This. He's getting his money. Like, shut up. It's, it's the free agents that are still <laughs> out there are the ones you want to listen to. It's easy. The guys that don't have a job right now. But we're focusing on the big money, or they're trying to get us to focus on the big money guys. I want to hear yeah. from the guys making 54K. 
There's a and kid coming up. And they're happy to make 54K. There's a kid coming up. Just uh, he, he just went through one of the mini camps. He was signed by the Bombers. And he is ecstatic about coming up here. So, you know, you got to ask. So I asked him about, well, what happens if there's a strike? And he's like, I don't care. I'm on my way to Winnipeg. I am staying there until we're on the field. So there's a guy right there to replace him. This kid is desperate to play pro football. Yeah. That's the thing. And you see not? these guys that are speaking out saying, oh, we're not going to report. We're not going to report. Well, look at the guys who have spoken out. Like you said, Andrew Harris, Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell. We're talking about some of the highest paid guys in the league that have multi-year contracts in place. What do they care? Mike Riley, who has signed the highest contract since the salary cap started. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what What's he got to gain? Nothing. That's all PR spin. He's not losing anything either. No. He's got nothing to gain by going on strike. He's got everything to lose by going on strike. Right? I mean, let's face it, he is. He's got everything to lose. Mm-hmm. He's got money. <laughs> okay, you're going to go on strike. Okay. I want to see these guys out in front of the stadiums with their picket signs. Let's see you out there uh, standing up for the rank and file. I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Of course it's not going to happen. This is going to get I'm still... These two sides, they are not stupid. They act stupid sometimes, but these guys got to come to common sense. And like you said... TSN, you know TSN is going to be putting pressure on the league and the players to get this over with. Oh, I think that pressure's already there. Yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure there's been some conversation. Yeah. I believe they're going to start meeting in Monday and Tuesday. So let's see what the tone is like after those meetings. Well, I don't even know if the tone after those meetings. I mean, the the CFLPA is just going to be posturing. To be honest, would anybody really be upset if we didn't have preseason games this year? We didn't have to sit through them? Well, I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but I'm not going to lose sleep if we don't get them. I, I enjoyed the one at UBC. Yeah, I wish he'd do that more. Me too. Um, I wish they had a preseason game up here in Kamloops. I'd go to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next uh, segment is the commission still thinks there's a deal to get done. I think we just overthrashed this one. Um, the yeah, deal's going to get together. done. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and we're just going to walk through that one because it's not important. 
But what we are going to do is go over and touch base on the 2019 Hall of Fame class. Mm-hmm. This is kind of exciting. And and you know what? Two of the players, two of the players in the hall, we actually picked them out of that big huge list and said these two are going to get done. You remember yep. that? Yep. And it was John Cornish because that's just a no-brainer. And why the hell was Swervin Mervin not in there? Like seriously. But I have to ask you the question. What do you guys think of um, uh, Ernie Pitts? Ernie Pitts getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. This is a guy who was murdered by his ex-girlfriend, and and, and it was ruled self-defense. Ex-wife. 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 Yep. She got away with it. So here's our class. We got John Cornish, Mervyn Fernandez, Terry Greer, Ernie Pitts, David Williams, Jim Hobson, and Frank Smith. Now Frank Smith, was he a builder? Yes. He was the longtime head coach at UBC. Ah, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. And Jim Hobson, of course, is the former president, CEO and God in Saskatchewan, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so we really only got four four or five to discuss here because we're not going to talk about builders because that's boring. Um, John Cornish. We all agreed that John Cornish should have been in the Hall of Fame. This is his first ballot. And uh, only 20 people in the history of the CFL Hall of Fame or Canadian Football Hall of Fame, not CFL, um, did somebody get in on the first ballot? Only 20 people. John Cornish is one of them. Mervyn Fernandez is not. Mervyn Merv's been out for a long time. So Terry Greer. Ernie Pitts has been dead for a long time. Who the hell is David Williams? No, he's a PC Lion. Um, I was going to ask you the guys class? who the hell... What's that? Who's that? I was going to ask you guys, who the hell is David Williams? (laughs) I remember the name, but that's about it. His best years were with the Barbers um, when he was with Dunnigan. No, that's not entirely true. His best year ever was here in BC. Yeah. He won most outstanding player in 1988. I was surprised uh, to see his name in there. I, uh, to be honest, so was I. Well, I mean, let uh, me let me ask you guys this, and okay. you all know you all know how big of a John Cornish fan I am. Okay, yeah. did he get into the hall because he's Canadian? No, I'm gonna no. no. He he. He's regardless not, of he's he was not, Canadian, he was the on. best quarter. No, no, he's not the Stampeders' all-time rushing leader. No. Okay. So. Okay. 
he had, what did he have? Three, four good seasons? Uh, I, I'm just, three I'm being, outstanding Canadians. Right, so what? Yeah. Outstanding Canadians. Yeah. Yippee. Okay, sorry, I don't want to diss the CFL, but... Um, and no, I was just thinking about this. I'll play the devil's advocate because, you know, yeah, I liked him. He was a great player. Should I do? I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. But uh, Stan Peters' all-time leading rusher was Joffrey Reynolds, who John Cornish replaced. He's so, actually but that's not relevant. That's not relevant. Well, I think I, it is. You know, yes, Joffrey Reynolds used to beat his girlfriends. Okay, but... Yeah. And that's why he's not in the hall. Um, And I think he got deported, so... (laughs) I'm just saying, okay, um, these are all facts. This is truth. These are all facts. I'm I'm not Um, being an ass. To answer your question, did John Cornish get into the hall because he was a Canadian? My answer to that is no. John Cornish was the number one running back in the CFL for three, four years. Okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Arguably the number one quarterback or or running back. Because I think there was a couple of years in there where Andrew Harris was as good, if not better, and the numbers didn't fly back and forth. and. Uh, Andrew Harris had a better um, yards per carry than John Cornish. He just had more touches. Anyhow, besides um, Okay, to me, John Cornish is... Because he, he was a Canadian playing an American position. And if you're that good at playing a position that you're taking a job away from 40,000 Americans, you've got to be a damn good football player. Yep. Because... And, and the fact that if you take that position away, you need a Canadian backup or you need to be able to change the ratio in a hurry if this this player goes down. So you're taking a hell of a risk putting a Canadian in a, in a notoriously American position and not having competent backup or, or having to change your entire scheme of things. That, it has to be worth it. And for Judge Cornish and Andrew Harris, it was worth it. But on the other hand, the first thing they talk about when they talk about John Cornish is that he broke Normie Kwong's record for the best Canadian running back in the history of the CFL. Yeah. Okay. His rushing his rushing record. So to me, to me, it's a Canadian pick. And and once again, the reason John Cornish played in the CFL was he was better than anybody else, American or Canadian. I'll give you that. But I don't like it because they always put Canadian running back in front of his name. Was Mike Pringle better than John Cornish? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably. Okay, so... And like I said, I'm 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 just playing devil's advocate because and and you've heard me say this before. 
I think that I think it's disgusting what John Cornish does at Stampeders games. But and now he's a Hall of Fame guy, and I think it's even more disgusting. So that's just me. I guess it's arrogance coming out or something. I don't know. Okay, so if if it was a Canadian, okay, I'm going to use I'm going to use a, um, a a gentleman that I actually personally know, Kelly Lockbaum. Okay, now you may not know who he is, and that's okay. I know who he is. I know who he is. He was an All Canadian middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. How many Canadians? In the history of the CFL, in the history of the new CFL, have been filled by a Canadian. Middle linebacking position. I, I can't name another one. Can you? Uh, hey, Mark, was it, was it, Mark, wasn't Leo Ezrin's a middle linebacker? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was, so he's named one. For the Bowers. Okay. okay. No, Kelly, there's not that many. I will give you that. Very rarely, Kelly, yeah. In a 10-year career with the BC Lions, okay, is not in the Hall of Fame. Because as a middle linebacker, he wasn't as good as an Adam Big Hill or a Solly Aluminium. Right. Okay. But once again, you can, didn't, once again, you can't compare errors either. No, you can't. But you, you can go back into the year in where Kelly played, and he 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 was he was the best for the BC Lions at the time. He wasn't even the best in the CFL. Now I no. like Kelly. I'm not putting him down in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, he made the team. He he made a historic movement into the middle linebacking position as a Canadian. But he wasn't the best middle linebacker in that year or those years. And and we've had better in BC. Well, he's not a member of the Hall of Fame. And I'm not putting him down. He's just not. So you don't right. get that because you're a Canadian in that position and you're doing better, you know, beating everybody else out. Because he beat out a lot of Americans for that position. He was good at his job. Okay? He was a good middle linebacker. Just wasn't the best, but he was a good one. John Cornish is in the Hall of Fame because he was a goddamn good running back. Okay, I don't but, think it mattered whether or not his name was, whether his passport said he was yeah, Canadian or not. But do we go back to your other theory now and talk about he was a great running back? On a great football team. Yeah. Okay. Do so that. do we say that? Would he be? Would he have been that great on somebody else? I I, I can't answer that question because I, I can say the same thing about Bo Levi Mitchell, and he's going to be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I have no doubt that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Does he deserve? To well, be? especially I don't know. especially after especially after 2019. Yeah. Do you know why? Do you know why, Christopher? Ask me why. Because he's going to win the Grey Cup? No. He's won those already. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. He's okay. gonna he's gonna be the first quarterback in a long time in the CFL to throw for six thousand yards. <laughs> you heard it here first, buddy. We'll see he's about that one. A lot of little passes. You heard it here passes. first, buddy. Heard it yeah, here yeah, first, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Twenty-seven okay. years old. He's just hitting his prime, baby. So, by the way, Kelly Lockbaum was a middle linebacker for the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, not for in two thousand and in two thousand and one. He won a Grey Cup with him. Two thousand and what? One. Okay. I'm you won a great cup with the BC Lions in 2004, was it? 2004? Yep. And, no, and uh, with, 2000. Uh, Calgary in 2000. Was he, was, was he? I don't think he was here in 2004 still. Yes, he was. He came back in, between he? 2002 and 2005. Okay, yeah, but the Lions lost the Grey Cup in 2004, but he was also here in, in yeah. for the 2000 Grey Cup. Yeah, that's right. He, he, the 2004 Grey Cup is the one that's pissed him off so, all so much because and the, he said Wallace the reason threw I, the game. The reason I don't know about him in 2001 is because I was a Bomber fan. <laughs> that was so the team that was going to win the Grey Cup. Oh, fuck. Anyways. Marcus Crandall. Okay. Shut Crandall. up, Charles. Be quiet, Charles. <laughs> It's a nightmare coming back to visit every time I talk about this. Okay? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Hall of Fame class. Anybody got anything else to say? We've talked about John Cornish here. Do we talk more Mervin, about... Ooh. Mervin yeah. Fernandez should be there. He should have been there a long time ago. Years ago. But, in reality, how long did he play in the CFL? Four years? Uh, Six. Six. Okay. No, wait a minute. No, I think you're right. Uh, it was 82 to 86, so 85. And he 82, had, 83, 84, I mean, he, 85, had, he had over, I was just reading it, he had over 3,000 yards pat, catching, so that's pretty good for four years. Yes. You know what I mean? Almost 4,000. Yeah. If you want to be technical, he, he, uh, uh, he played 3,000. 3,764. He had 209 mm-hmm. receptions. He had 19 nope. touchdowns. 399 receptions. 400, 400 receptions. Well, how come it... Oh, sorry, that's his NFL stats I'm looking at. Oh, no, I'm wrong here. He had 6,600 yards in receiving. Yeah. yeah, which is even better. Okay. Yeah. 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 And played for four years with BC and then came back and played a fifth year. So he played five years in the CFL. There you go. That's pretty and good. And I don't that's think more, he played that that's, much in 94. That's a thousand. That's always a thousand yards a season, which is consistency. So. Well, yep. it's more than. He got 6,600 yeah. yards in five years. Right, right. That's that's 1,200 yards a season. And do we all yeah. remember his nickname? Do we all remember his nickname? Swervin Mervin. Swervin Mervin. It should be pointed out, though, Charles, he did I... technically play six years because he did okay. attempt to make a comeback with the Lions in 1994 
but he only played in six games. Mm. Yeah. And had very little yardage in those six games. But I, I, also tend to, I also tend to wonder if these guys leave the CFL and go back to the States out of sight, out of mind. Is that half the reason? That could be part of it. You mean why he didn't get inducted sooner? Yes. Possibly. Yeah, I can't say it's not because he was gone for a while, but who knows? I mean, he played 15 years with the Los Angeles um, Raiders. No, he didn't. He didn't play 15 no, years. He, he played, uh, oh, I'm seven. sorry, five years. Five, five years. Five. Put your glasses on. Yeah, I, I had my glasses on. My math was bad. Oh. Oh, That's not okay. normal for me. I played five years with the Raiders. I played five years with the Lions, five years with the Raiders, and came back for a touch year. That's a career, for sure. Yeah. And Terry Greerstadt almost match him. Just looking at Terry Greerstadt's, and they're actually a little better. It's quite interesting. In the same length of time. There you go. And his 2,000-yard so um, season. I have no doubt that this this is worthy. I mean, this this class. Drop, right? Just boom. Greer had an average of 16.8 yards per catch. Matt Nichols doesn't even throw 16.8-yard passes. I know. <sighs> That's a huge average, actually. Sixteen, so almost seventeen yards a catch. Yeah, but could, could we was call a it yak time. yards? Oh yeah, but it was a different time too. The eight mm-hmm. early eighties. It was, yeah. That was crazy football. That was great football. Absolutely he averaged eleven hundred and thirty-six yards for his six years. Sixth all time. Anybody remember Ernie Pitts? Well, I've heard of him, obviously. I don't refresh my memory. I've heard of Alan Pitts. Yeah. I think he was yeah. before my time. Of course he was. You know, Charles, you don't have to bring that up all the time. We know you're only 40, okay? I just answered the question. Hey. Okay. Ernie, Ernie Pitts played for 12 years with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and then one year with the BC Lions. So it's back to that loyalty thing. So, what do we got for stats for him? We don't. I did read some stuff up on him. He had some, I can't remember what the numbers were, but they were actually quite large for that time because it was mostly just a running running league at that point. There really wasn't a lot of forward pass. And I think he had some really big seasons, and I'm surprised he's in with everything else. Mm -hmm. He won four breakups. 
Yeah, well, that was the bomber. That that's where you say team. <laughs> those were some great. Te- some of those teams are in various halls of fame. So. Okay. Here's here's what kind of gets you into the Hall of Fame. Um, he caught five touchdown passes in one game. Yeah. Scoring a 107-yard touchdown pass play. 107 yards. He also got seven interceptions playing defense. Yep. Kind of drone He was a two-way guy. He was a two-way guy, was guy back then. Oh. He was seven, yeah, 17 interceptions in his entire career. And in, I'm just seeing, one, two, how many seasons did he play? In nine years as Winnipeg, he had over 5,500 yards receiving. Yeah. And in that era, that's insane. Okay, so he was with the BC Lions for in this 1970 season. He was killed September 24th, 1970. So that was mid-season. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. They had six kids. Okay. No point in rehashing this one. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Jeff Knox Jr. Looking to return to the CFL. Talking with the Riders. Good thing, bad thing. Good thing for the league. Good thing for the riders. Good thing for Pitt or uh, Knox. What do you think? I think. I, I don't. I where don't what? Know. Where don't was like he? Really. Where was he? He yeah, was out trying to catch on the NFL. Oh. Let's see where he was. I got a Wikipedia. He was also uh, he talking the to the Riders BC from 2015 to 2016. Then he was with the Buccaneers. Went back to the Riders for the 17, 2017 season. Then he went back to the Buccaneers in 2018. Redskins, Titans, and then was with the Argos to present 2018. And I guess they he's a free agent last year, this year. Uh, he's also talked to BC in Ottawa. As well as this guy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, has he? Okay. Yep. How come the Stampeders never get? How come the Stampeders never get mentioned in any of these things? God, <laughs> I hate this. Huffnagel probably still you hate uses this? a rotary phone. I said I hate it. Why? Why do you hate it? I would. I would wear because it as a badge of courage, because, of honor. Because there's. Because there's some decent talent out there that can help them. But I guess if they don't fit in the system, they don't play here. So, Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. I'm just Anybody got anything to say about Jeff Knox Jr. and trying to get his way back into the CFL? I mean, this is one of the guys right now who is a free agent in the CFL because he played last year in Toronto. 
and Toronto didn't offer him a contract this year or released him. He hasn't signed a contract with anybody on the, as a free agent, and he's sitting there by the phone. This is the type of guy that the CB, uh, CBA is going to help, is it not? <laughs> they go on strike, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. What, he could be a replacement player. <laughs> People would sign, teams would sign him in a heartbeat, you know. Call him a scab. Although, you know, everybody's been tossing out theories of where he might end up. BC would be a good spot. No Sully. Would. No. Maybe he'll come in as a replacement. Yep. Well, I was going to say, who do you guys think, BC guys, who do you guys think is going to replace Sully? My guess would be Jordan Herdman. That's what I was thinking, He's the one that basically replaced. He basically replaced him when Sully went down with the injury last year. So right, he's younger right. and not yeah. as expensive, and actually did a great job when he came in. So that would be my guess is that it would be Herdman. How many years yeah. has he been there? Two. Herdman? Or one. Two, no, I believe. So he's still Herdman's on his entry. Been there two years. So he's on his entry-level contract. Yeah. I believe so, yeah. No, I don't think so. Wouldn't he be? Well, then he would have signed I'm a free sure. agent this year. He would have been a free agent this year, then. Unless this, this yeah. must be his second year, maybe. Maybe oh, he's only been there one year. Yeah, I think he's only been there one year. Younger, faster, cheaper. Yep. Mike Riley. The Mike Riley effect. No, he was with the Lions in 2017, 2018. So one year. Two years, 17 and 18. So he must have signed a three-year contract. No, he signed a new contract. But he would have been a free agent this year. I don't remember ever hearing him. I think he was a free signing. agent this year, and they Bloody? re-signed him. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense to me. And, and he also has a twin brother. Yep. 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 And who plays linebacker for the Argos. Hmm. And his There's father was James, is James Reed. Philadelphia Eagles, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Concords, and the Rough Riders. I don't know who that is, but that's okay. Interesting. Uh, who's the other guy that we had in there with the long blonde hair that went to Edmonton? Hoffman Ellis, you mean? Yeah. He retired. What happened? Did he retire? Yeah, he, he's out of football. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I thought I heard that too. Which is too bad, because he was actually a very good linebacker. Yeah, didn't he go mm-hmm. out east for one year? He was with the Ticats in yeah. 2016, yeah. although he he didn't play. Yeah, no, he, he, I can't remember if it was injury or what, but he did retire. I know that. I don't, I don't see it anywhere. It 
It doesn't say whether he's a free agent or he's retired or anything. And that usually does. It usually says that. He won a gold medal at the U.S. national team in basketball. Alex Lawson Ellis? Yeah. Hmm. I was trying to figure out here. So he last played for Edmonton in 2017. Yeah, he was traded for a conditional pick. Yeah. Yeah, it says he is a former American professional Canadian football linebacker. You gotta love yeah. that. Good nice grammar, Wikipedia. A former American professional Canadian football linebacker. Uh, I guess that's right. It just sounds strange. Former American. A professional football player. Only in Canada. Okay. Anyhow, uh, he, he was a beast. He was, yeah, he was. a beast on the football field. Yeah. I remember being very upset when the Lions lost him. Yeah, that's because Solly came back from injury. Yes. And I was actually oh, hoping they were going to keep both of them, but but um, yeah. obviously that was not the case. No. No, 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 no. I just found an Eskimo thing congratulating him on moving on to the next chapter of his life. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. I just, I would just thought about him as, as who BC needs in the quarterback position or in the linebacker position that was worthy. And he was definitely worthy. Oh yeah. He stepped up admirably when Solly was, was gone. He, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And Jordan, Jordan Herdman has done the same thing. I would have to believe that Jordan Herdman is going to be it. Younger, cheaper, the fun, faster. The funniest comment I saw online about Jeff Knox Jr. talking to the writers was a writer fan saying he'd be a perfect fit because he knows the defensive system. Didn't their defensive uh, coordinator they... go to the NFL? Yeah. Didn't he take his defensive system with him? I would imagine so. <laughs> I mean, writer. He said to keep being writer fans. What else do you expect <laughs> from these people? Well, no, and, and everybody has been saying that they're probably going to play a similar system that they played last year because of who's taking over. So that's probably true. Although I don't think it'll be exactly the same. I mean, uh, there will no. be some differences. Well, you won't see a quarterback lining up at um, wide out or at uh, defensive end anyway. You never know what Jones was going to do. Okay. Oh, let's have some fun. You want to have some fun? I want to have some fun. Okay. Belton Johnson. Belton's always good for some controversy. What did he do? He put out the power rankings. And everybody, you know what the biggest comment on this whole thing was? It wasn't so much about who who he put where. 
It was that why are you doing rankings before a single game is played? Well, let me look at this for a second. What's the only thing coming up before training camp? The draft. The draft. Does the draft ever change the power of a team? The number one single best draft pick usually doesn't even get to start the first year if he even signs with the team. So, no, it's not. It's supposed to be football, and we're talking football. So let's see what Felton's power rankings say. Number one, he has the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in first place. He has the BC Lions in second, followed by the Stamps, Ticats, Eskimos, Riders, Argos, Red Blacks, and Alouettes in last place. Does anybody agree with these power rankings? Uh, no. Doesn't sound like it. Okay, Charles. Who would you put in first place? They're off-season, pre-season, not games played. I think he's still going to put the Calgary Stampeders in first place. They're the defending Grey Cup champions. So they're the they're the best team until somebody else shows that they're not. I don't disagree with you, but I don't agree with you on the reasoning. I don't think that the Stampeders are number one because they won the Grey Cup. I think the Stampeders are number one because they've proved year in, year out that they are the number one team in this league. They're, They're just a dominant force, regardless of who's playing for them. And yes, until proved otherwise, stamps are in first place. Mark, who you gotten first? You taking the bomb? I, I know I would have Calgary in first place. I'd have no issues with Calgary in first place. Um, okay. I'd put the Bombers in second. You're gonna put the Bombers in second. So I might as well put that right that right there right now. Okay, Will, <laughs> who you got? Who you got in first place? There, Will. Um, the 18 I'm thinking. And or 20 and 0, Calgary No, no, I'm thinking the Owls. <laughs> <laughs> I like their quarterback situation, and their coaching is quite good. And, uh, and, uh, well, the, and, uh, the GM knows how to build a team. Let's put it that way. Well, or, or the GM knows how to bankrupt a team, one of the two. But, uh, um, you know what? I, I'll go, I'll, I'll be like everybody else. I know one thing for sure. Obviously, Belton Johnson doesn't pay attention to quarterbacks, okay, if he's got the Bombers as number one. so. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with the Stamps as number one, whatever. Okay, okay. I, I'm putting the Stamps there. I put the Stamps there all year, even when everybody else was picking somebody else. And I just said, no, I don't give a shit. Stamps are in first place for me. Um, okay, in second place, who are you going to pick there, Charles? Uh, we we know Mark we know Mark's got the bombers there. He's got the bombers there. You know what I'm? You can, you're gonna take the Edmonton Eskimos the, with the Trevor Harris legacy? No, 
I'm putting the Lions there. Sorry, Mark. I'll take Mike Riley over Matt Nichols any day of the week and twice on Sundays. BC Lions in second place. Okay. And Mark's got the Bombers there. Will, who are you going to throw in number two spot? Um, um, I like the Argos quarterback strength. Um, <laughs> so, so... <laughs> Do, do I just I'm, mute this guy permanently for the rest of the show? I'm, 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 I, I, I hate to do this, and whenever, whenever I do this, they disappoint the shit out of me. Okay, but I'll pick the Lions in second place. You're gonna take the BC Lions, okay? Yeah. Okay, now, now here's my philosophy on the BC Lions this year. We have a brand new quarterback that hasn't played here in a long time. We have an offensive coordinator whose offensive schemes I've never been happy with. We've got a new defensive coordinator. Oh, we've got a new head coach. Forgot all about that. we got a brand-new defensive coordinator who defense last year, although they were getting better, was anything but amazing. Um, there's just way too many question marks for me to put the BC Lions at number two. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I think they got the best quarterback in the CFL, and uh, they could have the best team in the CFL. But until they come together, I can't put them in number number is, two position. I'm gonna ha- go ahead. Is Jarius Jackson the only coach they retained? Yes, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so and, and I think he's I'm got. Gonna, I think he's got one season, and that's it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I'm putting the Bombers in two, and uh, I'm throwing BC in third. Charles, third place, you've got the Bombers? I got the Bombers in third, yeah. Okay, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not going to assume anything with Mark. Mark, who you got in third place? I got BC in Mark, third. Mark, put on your – you got BC in BC. third. Yep. And Will, who you got in third there? You've got the Lions and I second. Am, and I am, and I am serious this time. I'm going to put the Tie Cats in third. Okay. And not only, only, only because I think they have a better quarterback than Winnipeg. I think they have a better receiving core than Winnipeg, and they get to play more Eastern teams than Western teams. That, that last final point there is pretty solid. Yep. I think Bombers have a better defense. Yeah. And the other thing is you get, you get June Jones this year who all he has to do is concentrate on the offense. Yeah. I know. So that's, that's a, probably that's a made, plus. made him very happy. Yep. And I would take Orlando Steinauer over Mike O'Shea any day of the week and twice on Tuesday. Okay. Fourth place. Charles, who are you taking fourth? Is this a tie catch uh, or something? Or? I'm really torn because I've got uh, those two teams kind of back and forth. 
but I honestly like uh, Will's reasoning that they get to play the East bit more, so I'll put the Tie Cats in fourth. Okay. Yep. Mark? Tie Cats in fourth. He's tied to me, definitely. Will, who you got in fourth there? You got the Bombers? Are you going to pick the Bombers, Bombers eventually, or what? The Bombers, the Bombers are in fourth. Bombers. I got the Tie Cats over there, too. I would almost put the Tie Cats ahead of BC, but I can't do that. It just goes against everything, I believe it. Okay, uh, fifth place. Now we've got uh, a choice between Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Argos, Red Blacks, and Alouettes. I think fifth place straight across the board is going to be uh, the Edmonton Eskimos. I would bet money on that, but you never know what the hell Will's going to do. Charles? You're right with me. It's 100% Edmonton here. Mark? Yep, Edmonton. Will, what are you going to do? Ditto. You're going to take the Eskimos there, okay, fifth place? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so am I. So we're we're completely agreed upon on the one number one position of number five. Okay, this is where I think we're going to get a little interesting. Number six, we've got one Western team. We've got three Eastern teams now. We've got the Riders, Argos, Red Black, Mouse. Charles, who are you putting next? Oh. <sighs> The balance of power is still in the West. I gotta go uh, Saskatchewan. You got the Riders there, eh? Yeah. Mark. Yeah, Riders for me as well. The Riders there, Will. Riders. Riders. And CJ takes the Red Blacks. Mm. With their new middle linebacker Solomon Aluminium. <laughs> and the only the only reason the only reason I picked Riders over the Red Blacks is because the Riders have a defense. No, they don't. Yeah, it they left do. with Chris Jones. It left with Chris no, Jones. No, it didn't. No, and, it didn't. They still have lots of talent on that defense. I yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, the reason why I picked the Red Blacks for the same reason that you picked the Ticats is that they're playing in the Eastern Division and get to beat up on the Argos and the Owls, and I think they're going to go 50% with the Ticats like they did last year. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think the uh, the Red Blacks aren't going to do that bad. As, aren't going to be that bad this year, so. Oh, who, who's beeping at me? Oh, there you go. Chris was in school. He just got out of course in Calgary. So, so be it, Chris. Sorry, man. Enjoy. Um, we got the bottom three now. Who you got in the bottom three? Where are you going to put before them? You, Give me all three of them before right you, now, Charles. Before you pick, before you pick, okay. I have a question. Out of the bottom three, and this is to everybody, who do you think <laughs> has the best quarterback? <laughs> well, 
I've got the riders in the bottom three, so I'm going to say them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but like, so, like I, I'm talking Argos, Red Black, Salouettes. Like, is there a quarterback in the bunch? It, 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 in all honesty, I would take Jonathan Jennings out of all of those because he, hey, he's had. Uh, Played the most amount of games. He's got the most amount of experience. So you, so you're and, going and the experience on experience. Wasn't bad. You're okay. going on experience. Okay. Well, James Franklin didn't show us anything wonderful, and McLeod Bethel Thompson needs a wheelchair now. I think he's that old. Um, and and who do the Owls have? Pipkin. I thought they released him. No. Sure? He'll be their starter. No, right he's still there. there. Yeah, yeah no, positive. he's still there. They released Johnny. They released John Football. Yeah, we know. Uh, we know that. Okay, Charles, give me the bottom three for you. Uh, bottom three, I'm going to go Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. So you're green with uh, with Belton here. Yep. Okay. Mark, what are you doing? Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. William. I personally think there's going to be a three-way tie for last place. Um, but if you want me to, if you want me to pick, I'm going to go Ottawa. Ottawa. Toronto, Montreal, I guess. Okay, I'm going to take the Riders next. Follow the Argos and, and the Owls. Wow. I'm going to have to put this one in the drawer. I'm going to have to save this one. What was this? this, this was, uh, Owls last. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, position one, five, even. and nine. Hey, look, I got cookies. Found a box of cookies. That's cool. Okay, how much time we got left here? Because she's not going to block up, bitch isn't going to come in and talk to me. So I got to be watching the, the time. Here. That's 18 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you think um, that it's too early to do power rankings, or do you agree with my philosophy is nothing is going to happen between now and the start of the season that is going to change them, except an injury? I mean, I don't have a problem with them doing power rankings, but I. Th- Personally, I think they're meaningless. Uh, meaningless. I, I, I mean, you could make an argument. Yeah. Hey, changing the subject for a second. No. Going back to going back to Kelly Lockbaum. Okay. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, isn't he? He is. Yep. He posted on Facebook. He was posted on Facebook today 
I was sitting in my truck at Walmart watching this guy who apparently forgot where he parked. He kept putting his remote in the air, and every time he squeezed it, I honked my horn. Now that's funny. <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's an unusual guy. He is, he's a good guy. I like him. Um, I had something that was even better than that the other day. I, uh, it was actually at Christmas time, and we all went out here to Kamloops to the um, wildlife park that they have, and they have the, the train that goes through all the lights, kind of like Stanley Park, right? Only there's, like, real animals here. And um, I was there. I went in the car in our old speed-up piece-of-shit car, the Ford Fusion. And when I hit the remote to lock my door, the truck across from it, alarm went off. And the alarm went off about 15 seconds, and it reset itself. So I pushed the button again. And the alarm went off again. So for the next half hour, I was making the guy's alarm go off. Because I could make it go off from anywhere in the theme park. It was funny as hell. And then he starts going up to his car, and I made the alarm go off when he was trying to get in it. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a Kelly thing. And now he knows where you live and you're in trouble. Oh, that's funny. Is this, is, 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 is this the only... I'm the only one that found this would be funny. Okay, not every successful man is a good father, but every good father is a successful man. Ooh, there's a Kelly quote. Okay, so yeah, no, he's a funny guy, but he's a. We've been having some differences in our uh, in our statements lately, and I, I think he won't let me comment on anything that he's put out anymore. Huh. What are you telling us? He blocked he, you? I I don't think he blocked me, but kind of he has because he won't let me comment. And I and I think that's kind of childish, but you know that's so be it. But uh, I called him out on something on this uh, on one of his conservative posts. Oh. But anyhow. Not the point. Move on. Carry on. Uh, where are we? Okay. So, Belton's power rankings are finished there. We've done that. How important is the CFL draft, really? Well, I couldn't care less. I couldn't give a shit. So, um, I guess I'm not the one to ask this. How important is the CFL draft? Well, you know who we should ask? Somebody who actually follows it, maybe like Kelly Bale, because he like knows yeah. all these youth, youth sports players. I don't. I couldn't care less. Uh, Charles, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, when's the last time a guy came in from the draft and made a really huge impact? I mean, at least not Alex his Singleton. first year. I mean, Singleton, yeah. He's one, and there aren't a whole lot of other ones, to be perfectly honest. Taylor Lawson. Taylor Lawson. Sure, there's not, there's exceptions, but as a whole, if you're looking at all of the sports leagues, I think that the CFL draft probably has the least um, the least uh, impact 
Um, and that's not a slight against the Canadian college players, but uh, if, I think even if you look at pretty much any other league, the percentage of players that get taken into in the draft that uh, you know are impact players right away, I think if you looked at uh, all the four leagues, other leagues in um, North America, being the NHL, NBA, um, NFL, Major League Baseball, I think you probably find that more players uh, drafted in those drafts have a bigger um, impact than um, players that are taken in the CFL draft, typically, on average. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying it happens a lot less. Well, yeah, good point. We we lost Mark. His phone died. Oh, really? Okay, so, so should yeah, we just have a 12-minute free-for-all on why the Bombers aren't going to win the Great Cup this year? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to phone phone in, so that means uh, oh, we could do that. But I, if I didn't unmute him, but uh, <laughs> we could have a free-for-all as to why the Bombers suck. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the Bombers can't do all that well because then they'll make the Jet fans feel bad because the Jets suck. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. Go Boston. <laughs> yeah. As far as the CFL draft goes, we don't notice the impact sometimes because they're usually offensive linemen. Um, on a on a personal note, I I have a friend whose son is eligible to get drafted this year, and I would really, 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 really like the kid to get drafted. I don't know if he will, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be I'd be excited for them if he did. Okay, that would be cool. That's a pretty. That's a pretty cool thing for any 21-year-old, okay, because yeah. he's only 21. Yeah. And uh, How I've was heard he his name. Draft chart? Pardon me? How was he in the draft chart and the scouting reports? Well, you know what? He was okay. Um, I did listen to the waggle a couple of weeks ago, and not David, David Sanchez, but the other guy, I can't remember his name. James um, Kowalski. No, it's not James Kowalski anymore. He's gone. James is gone. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's gone. He has better up had better opportunities. Um and that guy ranked him as the fifth best receiver out of everybody who showed up at the combine. Hmm. So Well that has some merit. So, yeah. yeah. Um, um, if every team the, takes one one receiver, he's going. The Stampeders didn't even interview him. He's a Calgary kid. Stampeders didn't even interview him because they know about him and they know who he is and they know who his family is. So they really didn't have to interview him. And actually, apparently at the draft date or at the combine, Dave Dickinson came up to him and told him exactly that. We're not going to interview because we know who you are. We know your family. We know your personality. We don't need to interview you. So he might be a late-round selection by the Stamps, 
which would be kind of cool if you got to play in his hometown. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, that would be really cool. Yeah. So, it'll be neat to see if he does get drafted. His actually, I was talking to his dad today, and he he he's leaving tomorrow because he wants to be there on draft day with his son. His son plays in York, so he lives in Toronto. So. Okay, but he's not going to the draft, is he? No, no, no. They're not going to the draft, but he's going to be with his son okay. when it's draft day. So that, yeah, no, that would be. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Does yeah. anybody go to the Canadian draft? Well, no, I don't. Yeah, think they, they, they have it in the studio. Right. Um, he's going there because York University, the football team, is having a draft party because they yeah. think. Yeah. No, that's good. As many, they think as many as four or five of their players will get drafted this year. So. Good, yeah. But the, the most embarrassing thing is to go show up at the draft day thing and you not get drafted. Yes, yeah. So yeah, they're all day for nothing. That would be bad. But I, I, do that. but I also know this is a kid who would play football for $54,000 and never complain about it once, okay? Like, yeah. And that's exactly right. If he signs a contract, well, then, hey, so after the draft day, and, and, and does that mean that the 97% strike vote goes down? <laughs> no, there's more players now. There's more players. They signed contracts. They didn't vote for the strike. So the percentage drops. And I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. So how many this, guys How many this, guys out there do you think would play professional football for Ruben Board? I'm sure there's lots. Oh, Sure there is. 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I said that before. You know, I said that when I put it out there during the last uh, negotiations in 2014, I had probably several several hundred players came back and said that they would play for half of the minimum wage of the CFL. They'd play for half. And be excited. So... I think there's just being way too much being put into the emphasis onto this by stupid people. Now, speaking of stupid people, we have a quote by Trevor Harris who says that, who made a statement saying that he wants to create a legacy in Edmonton. Mike Riley arguably the best quarterback that we've had in the CFL in the last five years didn't create a legacy in Edmonton. Won a great cup. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Darian Durant won a great cup. So I don't know how you expect to do this. I mean, seriously, Creating a legacy in a in a in a city in a province in a in on a team means that you've done something freaking amazing. And no, I don't see how. I mean, go out and play football. Go out there and win some games. Go out there and win a couple of great cups before you start talking about a legacy. I'm I'm not buying it. Okay, I mean we can talk about a, a legacy for Bo Levi Mitchell in Calgary. We can seriously have a conversation about that. And I wouldn't be offended. 
okay? I mean, he's doing it in his own mind and in the minds of many Calgary fans. So we can have this discussion, but I don't think you can have a discussion about Mike Riley creating a legacy in Edmonton. Can, do you guys see it? Am I wrong? Am I off base here? Anybody? He has not proven to me since he's been in the league that he's a legacy creator. No. Who has he beat okay. in the Eastern Division? Well, and if you're a legacy creator, you stay, number one, you stay in Ottawa. Yep. Yeah, because exactly. They've, they've been, they've been, he's been on a team that's been to two of the last four great cups. Three. Okay. Three of the last four, that's right. Three, okay. So, but then that's, you go to Edmonton. That's what you made me in my head about this article. Well, you go to Edmonton. You gotta make you gotta make people forget about Mike Riley. Good luck with that. Okay, like good luck with that. Okay, he's he's gotta be the toughest football player of all time. Okay, so if if uh, Harris if Harris goes down with a hangnail like he tends to do then they're not going to forget about Mike Riley anytime soon. No. No, of course not. Yeah, I'm watching it, Mark. Yeah. No, I I agree 100%. I mean, and even when he's playing, he's inconsistent. You know, it's one of those, do we know which Trevor Harrison's going to show up for this game? You, You can't do that. Maybe his legacy is mediocrity. That's Kevin Glenn. He's trying to steal it? No, Kevin Glenn has a legacy. Kevin Glenn has a legacy. He had to play everywhere. The greatest greatest backup quarterback of all time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, Trevor Harris has has won a great cup. Kevin Glenn never did. Anyhow. Did Harris win it as a starter? No. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That was Henry Bird. He had a chance. He couldn't close the deal. Yeah, Henry couldn't Bird. Couldn't close the deal. Yeah. Okay. Anybody got anything was a great wisdom to say about this? Because i got to wrap up the show really fast. No, wrap it up. No. Done. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 318. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk football. We had fun tonight. I had fun tonight. I hope you guys all had fun tonight. I got to rant. We got to talk about Felton. We got to talk about all sorts of wonderful things. The fact that I got banned by Kelly Lockbaum. Ah, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week, and we'll see where we're at then with the – CBA negotiations, so stay tuned because it's all really exciting. Not clicker, Mark. Go. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. Okay, William, wrap it up. Good night. Good night, everybody. This was a great way to end off my week. Go Al's. Go Al.